Welcome again to Our Street. Lynn Fisher here with my buddy Kurt Elder as always. Kurt, how are you doing tonight? Lynn. First of all, for the listeners who don't know you and for us who don't know you very well, could you give us your background, kind of give us the whole the whole story? <laughs> yeah. Start from the very beginning. Absolutely. You hear me okay? Sure can. I still sound a little funny in my ears here, but all right, good. Yeah, so um, I'm a Nebraskan, grew up in uh, Bellevue, Nebraska. My dad was in the Air Force. Yeah, so from third grade on, I was I was been in Nebraska. So uh, I went through Bellevue East High School and graduated and went to um, the University of Nebraska at Lincoln here in, in uh, town. And I uh, graduated with a degree in business administration. Uh, that's one thing that came out of my time there. Had the opportunity to play football for uh, Coach Osborne. So I was offensive lineman for uh, the time I was there and I had the honor of being a voted team captain my senior year and quite an experience of course that way a very shaping thing for me in my life and uh, best of all I met my bride uh, during college and uh, Rachel and we've been married for 37 years and I uh, have uh, three kids Josiah is in Omaha and uh, Karis is in Kansas City and Shalom's in uh, Chicago and uh, I I just really hope you take this, Will. You don't look like you should be married for 37 years. Well, thank you. I'm going to put that out there just for, just for what it's worth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Married 37 years, and I've got a 34-year-old, right? Which wow. Which is always a little bit crazy. But. Well, I got you yeah, beat, but anyway, I'm a lot older than you, so. Well, that's great, Stan. So um, tell us after, after uh, college. What have you been doing? Yeah, so uh, initially I was I went on staff with the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes for about uh, six and a half years in Omaha, and then I was a, a youth pastor here in town in Lincoln for about uh, four years at the Evangelical Free Church here in town, and uh, then I co-founded a ministry called Mission Nebraska with Coach Ron Brown and did that for five years or so. I'm, I'm not a good <laughs> detailed number guy, so, and uh, but then in 2009 i think it was founded uh my bridge and have been doing that uh ever since tell us about my bridge yeah so my bridge is several things uh it's a, a radio network so uh this is right at home for me well, <laughs> I, welcome home i do this every week so yeah so we have a network of christian radio stations across the state we started with one in grand island and uh it's grown to a whole network we cover from Alliance into Valentine, Lexington, Grand Island, uh, Waverly, uh, Beatrice. Uh, we've got them all over. So the whole state. Yeah, we've pretty much covered most of the state. You can you can travel travel down the I eighty and pretty much Dallas in bounce from station to station, which is one of the cool things. And uh, and then about two years ago, we started a Hispanic um, arm of what we do radio wise. So we've got. Uh, uh, a growing network. Initially, it was just an AM and, and an FM translator in the Grand Island area, and and the uh, FCC opened up a window, and so we applied for more. So we've, we're just starting to build out some more uh, stations. One in we have one in Lexington that should come online within the next month, and uh, so we have got uh, that part as well. So we have this whole network of radio stations that we do, and another arm of what we do, we call it My Bridge Momentum. So we invest in other nonprofit organizations. So my voice is a little tired because I've been uh, coaching and teaching all day uh, with a group that was in our in our uh, space. And so it's organizational development, uh, leadership coaching, strategic planning that I do every week with numbers of nonprofits uh, across the state. So they all come in our space and we do it for free. 
just our investment uh, in them. And uh, then we've got uh, kind of an empowerment arm that is reaches into third world countries that wow. does basically empowerment there as well. Well, uh, I well, well, I don't think your uh, <clears throat> Monday evenings are slow by any means. <laughs> so thank you for being on. Yeah, no, not slow. Sounds like you're very busy. So yeah, in all good ways. Tell us about why you're running for mayor. Yeah, so uh, the uh, haven't been traditionally a very political person, but again, the thing one of the things I say is I, I believe that the role of the mayor isn't so much a political role as it is a leadership role. Uh, so I make a little bit of distinction there, even though there's I'm not saying that it's not political at all, but there's the dominant piece of it really is a leadership oriented thing. So I would say a couple things. One is you think back over the last two to three years, and I think a lot of us in the country have been on this journey of processing what do we think about the United States, right? So with the, in the wake of the whole race riots and George Floyd thing, there's just been a lot of dialogue about, is America good? Is this country worth really fighting for and retaining? Or is this something that kind of needs to be torn down, torn down and started over again? And, uh, you know, so I've been on that journey as well of processing it and going, what do I, what do I think about our country? And, uh, you know, I came out the other side going, you know what? I love our country. I think we have a great country. I think the, the principles that we were founded on are rock solid and have served and can serve us very well. We haven't always executed it with uh, perfection, of course. This is in heaven, so there's no such thing as perfection right. this side. And uh, so definitely some great atrocities have happened over the, over the decades as well as the country. But, man, it isn't because of the ideals. Those things didn't come out of the ideals of what we were founded on. They came out of man's, you know, frailties and imperfections and sin that caused them to do things that were not good in the midst of, of that. But the, as far as who we are and our ideals uh, are, are solid. And so... Uh, so I came out going, you know what? I think, man, I love, I love who we are. I love our country, uh, and and I would love to be able to invest in who we are and into maintaining that. Uh, so you put on top of that also. I feel like we're at a real crisis point as a as a country. Quite honestly, I feel like um, um, if we America acts like that, we can't fall. <laughs> we can't topple. And, uh, you know, there's been lots of other great world powers historically that have come about and have, have met their demise. And typically it happens from within. Yeah. yeah so I'm just going to just, just, I want to learn more. I want to, we, we don't have enough time to <laughs> fully, you know, just dwell into so many things that are campaign related, but yeah. just to build off of some things that you're saying. Absolutely. There is a feeling that you have at the national level, but at the local <laughs> level. How do you feel about that the city's run locally, and does that translate into some of your want to run? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've got concerns I've had over the years, and, and it's all to me, to somewhat, that's always the case. Like if I thought things were going banner in the city and exactly how I would hope them to be, then I would sit back and be pretty content and doing what I do. I love what I do, so I wasn't looking for something else to do. Uh, but I'd say my first concern can't def definitely came over the COVID, how COVID was handled. Um, you know, COVID came along, the world got turned upside down. Leaders all over the world were trying to figure it out and no one knew what to do. Uh, progressively, there were different ways and different approaches that were, were, that were executed as more information came, came out. And uh, locally, obviously, we stayed pretty locked down for quite a while. 
right? So the, the length of time, the amount of control that was exercised here locally that uh, felt like impacted negatively our, our city uh, and our businesses. I still remember stories. I was talking to someone today of the whole Matson bowling thing that, yeah. uh, that was in there. And I don't, know, I don't know him. I've never met him. But I remember, I remember watching him and thinking, this is just a, he's, he's a business guy here in town trying to make this thing work. And all of a sudden he's being demonized and he's kind of a criminal because he's breaking this ordinances that were instituted. So that, that, that troubled me quite a bit. And then even as the state opened up and our governor wanted the state to be open, there continued to be a resistance locally and uh, Lincoln was an anomaly that way. So that was probably one of the first things that began to get me pretty concerned about the direction we were going. So there's one. Uh, maybe one or two others. So this is your top three playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say the uh, crime. Um, again, as I have even read the news over the last you know month, two months, uh, the narrative is that's in the newspaper, at least, and from this current administration, is that we're actually in a very good place in terms of crime statistically. That's not the story that I hear when I speak to police officers, right? So I had opportunities to have some good level of engagement with a number of police officers. And that's not what I'm hearing. I'm not hearing that things are going well. I'm, I'm hearing that, that manpower is down, that we are understaffed uh, as a police force. And so there's a lot of stress that play way. I'm hearing that numbers that are down. So this is a direct quote from a police officer. Hey, if there's numbers that are down, they're down, not because those things aren't happening. They're down because we don't have the manpower to police those. And so we're just not able to engage that in that space anymore. I was asked, like, when's the last time that you saw uh, a officer or a police car just patrolling? And, uh, Today. Good, good question. I don't, I see them some, but I don't see them very much. And I, uh, My neighborhood, Central Lincoln, saw them today. Yeah. So I don't see them very much. And again, I'm, I'm coming from the officers. They sure. say we pretty much are going from thing to thing because we don't have the manpower to really do general policing. Yeah. Uh, so I, there's more. I, I is Well, and talking about yeah. policing, I mean, it's well known that in Lincoln we're understaffed. We have been traditionally mm -hmm. and, and historically understaffed. Mm -hmm. We'd, they've done a great job, mm -hmm. you know, with the limited resources Absolutely. they have. But uh, obviously it would be great to have more officers. And mm -hmm. I think that, uh, you know, the city budget even calls for mm -hmm. and allows for more officers. Mm -hmm. So there's some other issues, too, internally with the mm -hmm. police department that they've struggled with, I know, in the last... Uh, in the last oh year or two, mm -hmm. that uh, we, we won't need to go into that, but there's certainly some <laughs> challenges there, right? Sure, yeah. No, so um, no, uh, no. It's the biennium budget will be it was passed back in August, so uh, the new mayor, whoever that will be, whether it be existing or new, will have a year to get up to speed and get their feet wet and, th and then go forward. And those are some questions for the second half as well. Is that mm -hmm. what's your thoughts of budgeting within the city of Lincoln? Um, do you want to do those now, Lynn, or do you think we want to take just a quick early break? Well, and not only do we want to take a break, but I guess we need to remind our listeners that we're oh. we're starting oh, yes. our uh, our uh, fundraiser activities here. And this is, you know, a lot of people, if you're listening to KGM a lot, you know that this is our 40th anniversary for the, the birthday of the uh, station. So it's really an important uh, time to think about supporting our station. And we'd love to have you go online to KZUM.org. And, uh, and make a contribution to the efforts here that we, we put out, uh, the program that we do as volunteers, most of us as volunteers. 
But we really need the support, and it's really important to continue to do that. And so for our listeners, do that. Go to KZUM.org. Mention Our Street when you, uh, when you make your contribution. That would be helpful. You can call the station. You can call uh, 402-474-5086, and uh, you can talk to someone here that will help you uh, also get that accomplished. So thanks very much, and uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. We're going to take a short break. We're talking to uh, Stan Parker, who's running for mayor. We're going to be back in just two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder live tonight here. <laughs> All right. There Can you having, tell? Yeah, you know, having, having, live tonight, we've only been doing Zoom things for the past I know, it's three been, years. I'm a little rusty. I apologize to our listeners, and I apologize to you, sir. Yeah, hey, we're good. All right. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, we're talking tonight with uh, Stan Parker. He's running for mayor. And in the first half of the show, we learned that... Uh, Stan grew up in Bellevue, and he played football for uh, for Nebraska. He's a Husker, and uh, then had a, a really interesting career after after college, and uh, has done a lot of uh, uh, really good stuff with uh, with his, I guess, kind of your pastoral um, leanings. And you have a radio station and a stations, whole a so, whole network. It's yeah. amazing. But you're running for mayor. That's what we're here to talk yeah. about. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's let's so, talk about we, before before we ended the the second half. We were giving you some opportunities to talk about issues that you think are important, and one of them you mentioned during the break uh, were, were the roads mm-hmm. because yeah. that's that's always important to, yeah. to taxpayers, people, right? Yeah, people are always asking about the roads. And it's funny when I first started uh, this process, people were like, "You need to talk about roads," and I said, "I'm not going to talk about roads. <laughs> <laughs> you need to talk about roads." I'm not going to talk about roads. Well, I talk about roads because a lot of people ask about roads. That's right. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think that's a, a question that I'm hearing out there, concern in that space. And, and typically it is. Lots of people think that we have bad roads and they don't understand why we why that isn't getting fixed. And uh, again, and then there was the will uh, levy uh, that got put on the will tax. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Um, and there's questions about that. So where did where did that those funds come? Go, go yeah, to? And then we've got a quarter cent. Sales tax, You're right? It's supposed to be a designated. And when does that end, Kurt? Uh, about a year, I think. About a year to go. So. All right. So again, I, I cue me up for my question. People, Thanks, Lynn. I appreciate that. <laughs> so people, people are asking that question of like, where did that? We we've had these taxes. We're paying the money. We still aren't feeling like the the streets are getting improved in in a way that we understand. So so do you think that? So just going on this uh, road tax, wheel tax, and, and I'm going to focus more, not so much on the wheel tax of long time ago but the but the additional quarters in sales tax that happened you know from that time do you think that people within the general public know that every cent is accounted for out on the city's website and there's a selection process Mm -hmm. do you go through that selection process with them and and just get them educated and just so they feel more informed or what do you think is the impediment to you know people knowing more about that process? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't asked, I haven't asked them that question, but, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a great question. But I, I know that the sense of it is they they don't have a sense of that of confidence in and why aren't the roads fixed and and where's the finances going? So that's definitely a question. Well, what what are your thoughts about that? What, what if you're mayor, what are you going to do about all that? Well, again, it it is this whole area of because there's a and again. Like you said, there's places that they can get information they need it. But if that's a question that's significantly out there, then I would prioritize it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not being done, but if you're asking me, yeah. it is. There's a the level of, of discontent and an uneasiness about the roads is at a significant level from my engagement. 
So I would, I would address that, like so whether it's information, whether it is whatever the campaign needs to be to get the people that either the answers that they need, if we've got them and we're happy with what we're doing and we have nothing that we're, which again, I don't want to make a statement because I don't think necessarily someone's trying to hide something, but I'm just saying if I'm the mayor and I'm, I'm not trained to hide anything, everything's clear and we're excited about what we're doing in terms of roads and it totally makes sense, then I'm going to be pretty aggressive at getting that out there to get to where those people I'm accountable, accountable to, which is the city, to really know that and be at peace with that. A lot, a lot of this comes down to just to a level of communication. And, mm-hmm. and you have this great experience of, yeah. of, of just, you know, just reaching a broad, diverse group of people through whether it be different medians. Right. Uh, if you were mayor, you know, the city has City 5 TV. It's a small group. You have a number of people doing uh social media, things like that. Would you want to just supercharge that or would you want to do more just like hands-on community-based meetings, just get the word out? You know, something like James Michael Byer does. He always has his North, Northeast Lincoln meetings. Other city council persons do that too. Mm-hmm. Would you do something similar just on a more re- regular basis? Do you well, have any thoughts the, on and that? Well, and the mayor has, you know, their... Um, Press releases. Well, and Monday, Monday, uh, you know, they have neighborhood meetings with the mayor on Mondays. There's a lot of different things that the mayor currently does, right? That so. are traditional. But so, what yeah. would you, what would you yeah. do? I don't, know that, I don't, I don't know that I would do anything different. I'd be yeah. a different person, right? So, <laughs> no, no, you know, that's fine. What we communicate and how we communicate and the level to which we would communicate might be different, but yeah. No, those are all really just good things. So, so my last question on the sales tax base of. We have ten minutes left. I'm not going. I'm not going to belabor you and our <laughs> listeners on fun, exciting things like sales tax. But you know, it's going to come due in about a year or so. Would you want to double down and and then support another three years of wheel tax, or would you support that tax going away, or do you think that that tax could go to another community benefit such as X Y Z? You tell me. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a lot of information that I don't I don't have. Revy too at the moment that would kind of speak into that. So oh, fair yeah. answer. Thank yeah. you so much. Absolutely. Well, let, let's talk about uh, the fairness ordinance. That's been uh, that's been on the radar for a lot of folks in town for a while now. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about what's transpired with that issue, and what do you what would you like to see be done? Yeah. Well, if anything, yeah, it's a it's been a very divisive issue, right? There's been two sides that are very animated about it, so. Yeah, so you get something like that, then to me it's pretty critical to, we're not just trying to pass it, (laughs) we're not pass it, it's like we need to, there needs to be some conversation, some interaction, there needs to be a lot of transparency and what are we talking about? And I just think that, uh, you know, we've got two sides that are battling to try to get it passed or not try to get it passed, and I guess I'm not fully feeling that collaborative space of like, this, we... We want to make sure that this is the best thing and it's however it goes forward or doesn't go forward is the best thing for the city and we're listening to people well so for example you know and i'm more on the conservative side and the conservative side has some concerns about some of the language language that's in there and the implications of the way that we go about doing what we do in our businesses and our nonprofits and churches and um so is I was talking to an advocacy group in that space, they said, you know what, that you've got a 66-page document. It's filled with legal language. Most people don't understand it. And for us to get people where they understood it enough to really intelligently vote on it, it probably costs us a half a million dollars 
to try to get that to happen. Like, to me, that's not something that a third-party group should do. If, if it's that critical to the city and there's that much divisiveness within the community, then the leadership of the city should be making sure that that ordinance is fully understood in very simple terms that the people understand the implications of it so that when it does get voted on, it's getting voted on out and open with great transparency and understanding by all. So you think a re- rewrite would be in order to make it more understandable? Yeah, quite quite possibly, yes. Okay. Yeah. So whether that happens or not, I, I to me the interesting aspect of this whole issue is you have people on both sides of the mm. fence on this issue who right. want it to be voted on right. and people on both sides of the fence who don't want it to be voted on. <laughs> right. So it, to me, it's, it's, it's really an interesting, you know, dilemma it about, is. about how are you going to resolve just that aspect mm. of it. And if I could add a third leg to that stool, which is we don't <laughs> know who signed what petition for what reason. Right. Just to get it to a certain point. Well, you know, the petition to, to bring it to a vote could be, very honestly, people want to vote on it in the affirmative, and other people want to vote on it in, in the, you know, in, in the opposition, and it and it's, they just want it to be voted on either way. So I don't think necessarily signing a petition tells anyone Correct. what their position is on the oh, issue. Oh, I agree. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's they just want to bring it to a vote so that we can have a final you know final say by the voters. Yeah, and when you get something that's divisive to me, it, it to me in logically thinking, it should be voted on. Like, let's hear from the community and uh, and see where, where we're really at with, with yeah. this issue. Well, it's definitely it's something that needs to be hashed out and needs to be debated and talked about a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's really an interesting, you know, behind the scenes, I've talked to uh, several people on both sides of the issue and, and, and who want it voted on or not want it voted on. And it's just, to me, it's just an amazing, an amazing kind of giant cloud kind of hangs over a lot of different mm-hmm. gatherings of people in the city and it yeah. really ought to be resolved somehow. Kurt, what do you think? So, so agreed, but in our short little time left, <laughs> I always think it's good to have candidates uh, talk about what are their goals, their missions, their wants for the city. Mm-hmm. Lincoln's at a place right now. Lincoln's a great place to live. Link, Lynn and I say this all the time. It's, it's just a wonderful place all around. Mm-hmm. What, if you had four years and you had one, and you had, and you had Two big goals. What are the two big goals that you'd want to see Lincoln do or be or become or be better at in the next four years? Yeah, so I'm going to come back to crime. It, it, it's a big deal. And I, I, I'm, I've had a conversation recently with uh, someone that moved to Lincoln because it was a nice, safe place to be and then raise a family and all that kind of stuff. They're actually thinking about moving. Like they're, it's on their mind. It's a possibility, right? Yeah. So I think that is an issue that is changing. And again, I had an offer conversation with one of the officers who said we're at risk of becoming just another city with that's used to crime at a level that's not really acceptable of where you want it to be and says we're not there yet but that's where kind of we're heading so i i would want to see that staved off for sure right and uh then you know i think just being a, a city where where families and businesses and organizations can can really thrive i think there's there is so when I think about, uh, again, government, that uh, I share this analogy that, you know, a number of years ago I was, I was at a basketball game. As I was watching the game, game got done, the three refs walked by. One of the refs I recognized. And I, and I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> like, did, did you just ref that whole game? He said, well, yeah, I did. I was like, I didn't even notice you out there. 
He said, then I did my job. He said, I'm not supposed to be noticed. And, you know, as I've thought a lot about government over the last number of months and years here, thinking about uh, deciding to run, I thought, man, that should be, uh, the government should be like a great ref, right? That we have to be careful not to be overfelt, overnoticed. We should be felt, but we shouldn't be overnoticed. I've, got, I've watched games where the refs were way too involved. They were overregulating, and they were, they were stifling play, right? So to have a well refereed game that allowed players to or players to play and score to be scored you know points to be scored so i see that as a city of going and what does it look like to be a really not overregulated? i hear some frustrations from the business community feeling that it's hard to get stuff done right so to have a steady city that is properly regulated where where the city leadership is creating a healthy thriving environment uh where everyone's playing by the rules but like players are playing and scores are being, you know, done, and our city's advancing. Well, well that's, a, that's a good analogy. You know, I was going to ask a question, but it's two minutes till, so I don't know if I have really time to <laughs> well, ask we, a question. Stan, we have to give you an opportunity to tell people how they can get more information about you. You probably have a website. Yeah, I have a website. It's Stan, S-T-A-N, 4, F-O-R, Lincoln, stanforlincoln.com, and I saw it to be pretty rich of information there's a lot of perspective i wrote it all myself no ghost writer so if you get on there and no chat pt no no exactly no chat pt so yeah so if you get on my website you're going to get a feel of who i am how i think what my priorities are it'll be it's a great place to go yeah and if people go to that website, they'll be able to send you a message or talk to you Absolutely. if you want to talk to them. And actually, you know what? Every uh, every Tuesday night, every Thursday night, I host live Zoom conversations. Okay. Invite invite anyone to pop on. They can meet me live in person, ask their questions that they have. Every and Tuesday, they, every Thursday night. And they can get to that through the website. Absolutely, yep. All right. Well, and we also want to remind our listeners again to please support the station 40 years uh, the station's been providing great programming and all the volunteers that do that. You can call 402-474-5086 or go to ksum.org and, uh, you know, make a, make a great contribution. And there's, uh, there's a lot of benefits there that uh, we've run out of time to talk about. So for Kurt Elder, Lynn Fisher saying thanks again for listening to Our Street and we'll see you next week.